In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. God willing, today we're going to speak, probably this week and next week, uh, about, uh, oh, yeah, oh, okay, uh, about effective family communication, um, which is a very important topic for anyone, um, b both those who already have families, but also just general principles for communication in general with anyone. Um, there's a lot of maybe misconceptions or things that um, maybe we can improve about our communication or maybe some repeating patterns of conflicts that we have with other people that could be a result of poor communication that we haven't yet identified um, the, the, the reason for it. So we're going to speak a, a little bit about this topic and how we can improve our communication. So communication involves the ability to pay attention to what others are thinking and feeling. Um, so obviously when we're communicating, what, we, what is it that we are communicating? We're communicating our thoughts and we're communicating our feelings. Thank you. Um, and sometimes communicating thoughts or feelings can be difficult. Sometimes we're not very effective in communicating them. Sometimes, especially when we're very emotional, we might be communicating incorrectly. Um, or we might think that the person in front of me is understanding when they're really not. Um, so that can cause problems. Communication is not just talking, but listening to what others have to say, which is, of course, 50% uh, of communication is listening. Um, if you have people talking and talking of well, but the per other person is not listening, then it doesn't matter what it is that's being said, they won't be understood. Um, also, communication can be not just with words, but there's communication through body language. There's communication through different gestures. Um, and sometimes uh, we rely um, on the ability of the other person to pick up on my gestures and on my body language. Um, different people are more or less uh, gifted in such things. Uh, women tend to be better at picking up the gestures and the body language than men. Men tend to like a very clear, direct communication. And, you know, women will complain that men aren't picking up on what it is that they're saying or doing. Um, one style of uh, this type of communication is passive aggressiveness, um, which a lot of time people think is effective in communicating what I want um, by just uh, kind of communicating through subtle uh, and, and maybe... Um, not clear uh, gestures and, and body language to communicate maybe that I'm upset with a person because I don't want to talk to them directly and say, hey, I'm upset about this thing that you did or this thing that you said. Um, instead, we try to communicate through these um, you know, subtle undertones of the way that we say things or the way we do things. So I want to emphasize that this is not the best way to communicate. Um, and, and we shouldn't be afraid to be more clear in our communication, especially with those people who are close to us, because we should have transparency and openness with the people in our lives so we can communicate what it is that we feel. Communication within the family is extremely important. It enables members to express their needs, wants, and concerns to each other. It's something very necessary. Um, and we can't assume that people understand what it is that we want. Just because I want something, no one else might know that I want that. No one else might know that I have that expectation. So I have to be able to communicate it effectively to the people around me so that they know that this is my expectation. Um, it allows family members to express their differences as well as love and admiration for one another. So uh, by default, we kind of assume that everybody is like us. So that means we assume that everybody has the same desires we have, has the same wants and needs that we have. Um, and we assume that other people know that about us. So if somebody treats me in a way that hurts me, 
maybe my first reaction is, okay, this person is unloving. This person is not thoughtful. This person doesn't care about me. When maybe it's just they don't understand or realize that you have a different expectation, you have a different desire, because they don't necessarily share that desire. Um, you know, like for instance, uh, one person, because of the differences in, in you know, in, in, in personalities of the people, one person might enjoy spending a lot of time at home, whereas the other person um, wants to spend a lot of time out and and going and 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 and, and doing things together, but but out like more extroverted, right? And these two people, when trying to communicate with one another, and one of them will say, uh, "Let's go out," and the other one will say, "No, let's stay home," right? The person who wants to go out, right? They're doing it because that's what they enjoy. They want to do it with the other person. Right, but maybe that other person who prefers to stay home might get the wrong message. They might think, "Oh, this person doesn't want to spend time with me." Instead, they just want to go out, right? And then on the flip side, the person who wants to go out might think the about the other. No, they don't want to spend time with me. They just want to stay home. They both want to spend time together, right? But they want to do it in different in different ways because of their different personalities. So, in order for us to resolve such differences. Right, there has to be communication, and there has to be n like not assuming that the other person is just like me. Okay, the other person maybe is different than me. Not jumping to conclusions as to why they are doing what they are doing, right? Because maybe there is a good reason that they're doing what they are doing, and not what it is that I've assumed. Um, communication also helps to resolve unavoidable pro unavoidable problems that arise in the family, right? So whenever there's conflicts, there's differences of opinion, there's different ways of seeing things, or there's a problem that's happened, we need to be able to talk about it effectively to be able to uh, resolve. Effective communication is found in strong and healthy families. So you'll find that the, the strongest families, the healthiest families are those who can communicate very well together. Um, well, meaning their, their communication is effective, like they're clear in their communication but also they're not overly emotional in their communication because sometimes when we are overly emotional our communication gets garbled and the message that i'm trying to send doesn't doesn't get received the way that i intended for it to be received or if i've had a bad history of communication and being misunderstood i tend to stay quiet and not want to speak right again i'm not able to express what what it is that i want and i feel neglected um, because I'm not able to communicate well. Poor communication is usually found in unhealthy family relationships. Okay, so if you look at um, any family that we could consider to have un unhealthy or dysfunctional family dynamic, you'll probably find that that, uh, that that family doesn't have good communication as well. Um, you, you'll see families where, you know, in the evening, maybe all the family members are home, but no one is spending time with anyone and everyone just stays to themselves um, repeatedly, day after day after day. There's no family dynamic, there's no togetherness, there's no spending time together, everyone is just off on their own. Because there's not a lot of family communication between the family, maybe that family start gonna develop problems over time. It can lead to numerous family problems, including excessive family conflict, so a lot of problems that can arise. Um, ineffective problem solving, when there's a problem, we don't know how to tackle it together. Uh, lack of intimacy, because we are not sharing. So not only are we not sharing things at the level of, okay, we're trying to fix a problem, we're trying to manage an issue, we're trying to, 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 to accomplish some task, but we're not sharing any emotions as well, right? Uh, behavioral problems in the children, lack of satisfaction in the relationship, and weak emotional bonding. All these things can arise from 
uh, poor communication. Instrumental communication is the exchange of factual information that enables individuals to fulfill common family functions. This actually, even in families that do have a lot of communication, sometimes we find, like in couples for instance, that the only type of communication they have is this, instrumental. Meaning, the, 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 there's a problem with the house. How are we going to fix it? Okay, you call this person, I'll call this person. We'll try to resolve it. There's errands that we need to run. Who's going to run the errands? Okay, you go buy this and I'll go buy this. Like maybe the family is functional at the level of this instrumental communication, which is kind of like managers. We're able to manage the house well. We communicate the facts, the information that is necessary. We divide the tasks. We're able to, you know, get things done. This is instrumental communication. Effective communication, effective with an A, Okay, is the way individual members share their emotions with one another. This now is a different level of communication. It's not just that we are able to, you know, like a company, we are able to assign tasks and divide the work and do everything that needs to be done. This is now like a more intimate type of communication where I feel that I can be vulnerable enough to share about to share how I feel. You wouldn't go to your employer necessarily in, in your work and you would talk to them about all your feelings. Um, maybe sometimes, but the majority of communication at work is gonna be about how to fix problems, how to uh, accomplish tasks and to do projects and whatnot. Whereas in the family setting, right, because it is a more intimate setting and it is a closer relationship between the people, you want to feel both that you can have instrumental communication but also effective communication. We want to be able to share our emotions. We want other people to care if we're sad. Right, like the, my close family members, the closest people to me, I would like that if, if they find out, if they know that I'm sad, that they're gonna try to do something to make me feel better, for instance. Or they're gonna try to correct some problem or something that they've done that's causing me to be sad. For the sake of love, this is what we hope. This is what we want in our close relationships. And if we find that there is good, effective communication, then there can be intimacy and there can be closeness. But if we find that the only type of communication we have is instrumental, right? then maybe the, the family is still functioning. I won't say that it's dysfunctional. I won't say that it's, uh, it's, it's a family that is failing. Right, but it's also more at the level of formality. It's more at the level of we're we're able to accomplish what we want, but we don't have closeness, we don't have vulnerability, we don't have emotional connection. We just have let's figure out what we need to do in order to accomplish all the tasks of the family. Um, which which oftentimes we we kind of you know maybe because of bitterness, because of lack of communication, because of conflicts that you know haven't been resolved in the past. Um, we end. We find ourselves being more and more emotionally closed off to one another. And even though we can communicate instrumentally about the things that have to be done, we find ourselves not as much communi communicating effectively about our emotions and how we feel. Some families function extremely well with instrumental communication, yet have great difficulty with effective communication. Healthy families can communicate well in both areas. Okay, we clear about the difference between these two types of communication. Communication can be clear or masked and direct or indirect, right? So any communication, you can, you can say that it's either clear or masked, and you can say it's either direct or indirect. Clear communication occurs when messages are spoken plainly and the content is easily understood by other family members. That's clear communication. The opposite of that is masked communication, and that occurs when the message is vague, 
when I don't when I'm not really clear about what I'm saying I'm not really saying it in a way that is easily understood okay communication can be direct if the person spoken to is the person for whom the message is intended so for instance I I, I, I like like you did something to bother me and I'm coming to speak to you about something specifically you did right I was upset when you didn't do the dishes okay this is clear or sorry this is direct I'm speaking to you specifically and it's clear because I'm saying you didn't do the dishes right it's 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 a clear message what I'm saying and I'm speaking it to you it's direct in contrast communication is indirect if the message is not directed to the person for whom it is intended so I can make a general comment you know like saying I don't like it when people don't do the dishes right like as a general like like so whoever is listening can figure out what I mean right generally right as opposed to calling out a very specific thing now there is a big difference and we'll talk a little bit about this but there is a very big difference between how men and women communicate when it comes to this men tend to be more direct than women and women tend to expect that because they themselves are very intuitive they tend to expect that men are just as intuitive as them which usually is not the case okay so men can be sitting there and their wives are talking about how it, it's not nice or it's generally not nice when people don't do the dishes and the dishes the sink is full and the man is there and he's like has no clue what she's saying right um, that's why having direct communication is the more effective way so here are some examples if the communication is clear and direct so this is an example a father is disappointed because his son failed to complete his chores right so the, the father says son I'm disappointed that you forgot to take out the trash today without me having to remind you okay so it's clear because it's speaking specifically about something that happened taking out the trash okay and it's direct because he's addressing his son he's saying you did something and I'm disappointed because of the action that you took so whether or not the son at this point responds well or doesn't respond well at least the communication was clear it was about the situation that's bothering the father and it was direct addressing his son who's the one who didn't take out the trash okay what if it was clear and indirect so the father might say it's disappointing when people forget to complete their chores right so it's clear because he's saying the thing he doesn't like is the chores not getting complete okay but it's indirect because he's not really addressing the son he's just speaking about the general principle I, I, it's not good when people don't complete their chores with the hope that the son would somehow figure out oh he's talking about me that I didn't do my chores and I need to do the chores okay why do you think that someone would choose indirect versus direct they're afraid of what will happen with confrontation right and there's many things that can happen maybe one thing that can happen is someone's feeling will be hurt especially if I find myself unable to control my anger well unable to communicate well when I'm angry so I find myself that I'm angry now okay and I'm trying to like resolve this problem I'm trying to tell a person that they failed to do something that they should have done and I know that if I just go and tell it to them straight their feelings might get hurt I might lose my temper I might make things worse I'm I'm worried that I might hurt the relationship that I have so instead I'm gonna try to get my message across but in a more indirect way that is gonna sound less um, you know less specific to them maybe easing you know the the pain of it okay 
but it's less effective communication right it's less effective here in this case maybe the person will figure out that i'm talking about them but maybe they won't maybe they won't also you can have masked communication right so if the communication is instead of being clear it's masked so it could be masked and direct so this could be like the father going to the son and saying son people just don't work as hard as they used to okay so it's direct because he's talking to the son but it's masked because it's not even talking about the problem which was taking out the trash he's just generalized it saying you know what people don't take out the trash because they just don't work as hard as they used to so if, if, if you're the son and you receive this message from your father people just don't work as hard as they used to i mean what are you going to say like yeah they don't i don't know like i have no idea what you're trying to tell me right are you even trying to say something are you just having conversation like you're not actually communicating what i need to hear maybe if you are giving this kind of mass communication you'll become frustrated when the person is not getting the message right but they're not getting the message because the message is masked it's not a clear message and then the worst of all is the masked and indirect communication right and this tends to happen in the most unhealthy of relationships okay example the father stating the youth of today are very lazy right so again he's not even it's masked right because he's not speaking about the taking out the trash and it's indirect because he's not even addressing his son he's just making a general comment right the youth of today are lazy so the type of communication that we use is very important and again we might find that there we have reasons why we're afraid of the clear and direct communication but that clear and direct communication is the most effective of all the types of communication if we look at the example of Isaac and Rebecca uh, from the Bible we can kind of see some of the problems and elements of this type of distinction the clear uh, versus the, the mast and the direct versus the indirect so Rebecca okay um whenever she received from god um the, the the message saying that that out of the two children in her womb esau and jacob the 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 older will serve the younger it's very likely that she never even told isaac that this was, had happened right that he didn't even understand or know that this is, had, had happened and isaac whenever it was time for him to bless um his sons right she did not even know that he was planning to do this other than the fact that she overheard him speaking about it right we don't read about jacob going to Re sorry isaac going to rebecca and tell her i'm going to bless esau okay no she heard a conversation that he was having and then she knew that this is what she, he was planning to do that's where she came up with his plan her plan of tricking him to allow him to bless jacob instead of blessing Esau so there was a lot of unclearness here right there wasn't direct communication between the two of them one of them decided to do something without sharing it with the other Rebecca decided to trick her husband so that she could get what she wanted very bad communication right this is like a very bad like family um, family dynamic so how do we communicate effectively okay well, the first is we have to communicate a lot right because there's a lot of things to communicate there's a lot of things for me to explain there's a lot of emotions that i need to share there's a lot of events that have happened there's a lot of decisions that have to be made there's a lot of things in the in the life of you know whether it be a family or friends or things like that things that we have to communicate a lot and and so we should be getting in the habit of communicating frequently sadly if a person feels that they are unheard 
or the, the or, or whenever they try to communicate they feel shut down or they feel ignored or they feel like belittled in whatever way or that my my voice is not being heard they might just stop communicating right because it spares my feelings every time i try to communicate i feel bad about myself i feel like you don't care about what i have to say i feel like you're going to ignore whatever i have to say so that person is naturally going to communicate less and they're just going to take actions on their own without having told anyone that this is what they're planning to do and if those actions that they take are contrary to what let's say their spouse would like that is a source of conflict okay and especially when the one like one person knows that the other person is going to disagree and they say you know what to avoid this conflict i'm just going to go do what i want on my own this is how we been begin going down this like path of dysfunction okay because i'm not communicating well with my spouse and maybe the spouse is not listening and taking seriously what i have to say being an active listener is very important an active listener is a person who is participating in the conversation by um kind of uh summarizing what it is that the person is saying to them so you you come to a person and you tell them this is what i want or this is what i think the other person is kind of paraphrasing your own words and saying them back to you to confirm that they're listening they're paying attention and they understand and if they don't understand right then you can correct them sometimes what happens is we give like long speeches like one person is silent and the other person is talking 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 and at some point we're not even sure if the other person's listening at all or maybe they're daydreaming maybe they're distracted maybe they're just thinking about how is it that they are going to respond right especially when they disagree you know we all do this we disagree with what the person is saying so we're just at thing is like, okay well this is the point i'm going to say to this and this is what i'm going to say to that and we're just trying to remember what it is that we want to say right as opposed to really paying attention to what the person is thinking also sometimes we make assumptions about what it is that they're saying instead of really listening to their words we assume that they mean certain things that they're not saying so being an active listener means one we're listening and two in order to confirm that we are paying attention and we understand we're paraphrasing we're saying back what it is that we think that we're hearing so that the other person has a chance to correct it if we are misunderstanding okay try your best to understand the point of view of the other person now this isn't always easy sometimes it's difficult for us to understand the point of view but that's the purpose of communication right communication is about understanding where the other person is coming from not just what they want but how they see the world you know if you can truly understand how another person sees the world then you you can almost predict some things about them you know spouses that have been married for a very long time you know you hear them say i know what my husband would say about this or i know what my wife would say because they understand each other they understand like the principles that each person lives by they understand the philosophy the worldview of each person and the things they like and the things they don't like so i can almost predict what what my spouse would like or what what, what they wouldn't like right so we're trying to understand one another we're trying to know who the other person is as much as we can so that um we can fully comprehend what they're trying to communicate pay close attention to verbal and nonverbal messages right so of course we said that the verbal messages are the clearest right but the majority of communication is actually body language right they say like something like 70% of communication is body language so this is why for instance that there, there can be so many misunderstandings over text you know you could say the same thing over text and you say it in real life and the the message that's sent is totally different 
Sometimes you say something over text and the person you're talking to thinks that you're angry at them when you're really not angry at all. You say the same thing in person, they can see your facial expressions, they can hear the tone of your voice, they can, they can realize, no, you're not angry, right? You're saying it with a, with, a, with a friendly tone, whereas in a text message, you can't. So sometimes observing the way that the person is speaking, right, and hearing their voice, right, these other indicators are a good way to tell um, what exactly the person is saying, okay? Acknowledge and respect the other person's perspective. Meaning, even when we disagree with each other, we should at least validate the right of the person speaking to have that opinion. And this sometimes we don't do, right? Like, I can, I can disagree with a person while respecting them, or I can disagree with a person while disrespecting them. I can make a person feel like their perspective is like ridiculous, like completely, like there's not, like no rational, reasonable person could ever even think this at all. And that's why we're not gonna do it, right? That's one approach. Another approach is to say, like, I understand where you're coming from. I understand why you're thinking this way. I see the logic behind what you are saying, right? But I disagree with it. And here's why I disagree with it, okay? And so there's ways to disagree respectfully and there's ways to disagree disrespectfully. So we have to always be respectful of each other when we are talking. Um, seeking clarification if you don't understand, right? This is also very important. And I would recommend seeking clarification uh, sooner than later. So for instance, if a person's gonna be talking for a long time and they say something you don't understand, uh, I would recommend that you like pause the, the conversation, tell them, can you please clarify this before you continue so you don't forget and you don't build a wrong assumption as to what they are saying, especially when the thing that's being communicated is very emotional. There's a high chance that things can be misunderstood and it's important for us to kind of understand each other as, as much as possible. Be open and honest with one another, okay? So we have to be able to trust each other and if we don't trust each other, then we won't even believe the things that we say. Whenever something has happened to break the trust between two people, even if a person is communicating clearly and directly, maybe we don't even believe what they have to say. Say, well, you're saying this, but I don't know if this is true, right? This happens, for instance, like if somebody apologizes, right? So we've all maybe received an apology from someone that we doubted whether that apology was sincere. Um, are you actually apologizing? Do you really feel sorry for what you did? Do you really feel like you, you did something wrong? Or are you just saying that because you want to get out of this conflict? because you want to get out of this conversation, you know? Um, this also tends to happen sometimes between married couples. Um, the majority of the dynamics of married couples, not, not everyone, but the majority is that the woman tends to be the stronger communicator than the man. And so, you know, he, he just wants to get out of the conversation and he says whatever needs to happen to get out of the conversation. Um, maybe not 100% sincerely, um, even willing to accept blame right just to end the conversation because the conversation is difficult right this happens sometimes we have to be able to be open and honest and sincere with who we are and what we really feel right but also we have to sometimes agree to disagree because if after a certain amount of time we've been discussing an issue for some time at length and i've expressed myself completely as best i can and the other person has expressed themselves completely as best they can and in the end we still don't see eye to eye there's no point in continuing to argue about something because neither of us is going to move. Neither of us is going to change. And I can 
sometimes people think that all that I need to do is give them more evidence of my point of view. Give them more reasons why I'm right. Tell them over and over, reminding them over and over. Well, in the end, if the person doesn't agree, they're not going to agree. Telling them again and again and again is not going to make them agree. It's just going to sour the communication, especially if it's something that, that I keep bringing up again and again all the time. Sometimes we just have to accept that we're not going to agree on things and we're going to move on even though we don't agree. Maybe we have to compromise in some decision that we make. Think about the person with whom you are communicating, right? Everybody has a different style of communication. So we have to be aware of who is it that I'm speaking to. Again, some people are very talkative. Some people are very expressive, whereas other people are not as much. But the people who are not very expressive, it doesn't mean that they don't have opinions. It doesn't mean that they don't desire certain things. They're just not maybe as quick to communicate them. They're not as quick to speak about what it is that they want. But they do have desires and they do think sometimes maybe I have to coax a person, make them feel very comfortable, make them feel like I'm really listening and I want to hear what they have to say to get them to speak, right? Where there's, whereas there's other people who you can't get them to stop speaking, right? They're constantly speaking all the time, right? So, so you have to keep in mind who is it that you're speaking to. Also, like the maturity level of the person. Like if you're speaking to a child, you're going to speak to them differently than if you're speaking to an adult. Listen carefully to what the children are saying without making unwarranted assumptions, right? So if you're speaking to a child, it's easy to lump all children together in a group and say, okay, he's a child or she's a child, this is what they're going to think, or this is how they, they operate. Whereas each person is unique and different. I have to be very like conscientious in the way that I listen to a child to think about what is it that they have to say um, because, because I might jump to assumptions that are false. As we said, pay attention to nonverbal messages. We said that. Be sure your spouse is listening. So, for instance, don't come to your spouse at a time when they're already very tired or they're in the middle of doing something that's very, like, intensive, that requires a lot of thought, um, and start talking to them about something that is important to you and then be upset that they're not paying attention, right? You have to choose a time where they're ready to hear. And if there's no time you can find, you can tell them, I, there's something I want to speak to you about. When is a good time to talk and have them to tell you to make time? Okay, let's talk at this time. I'm going to be done with whatever I'm doing and so on. That is better than because there's something on my heart that I really care about so much. I'm just going to go to them and start talking to them right then on the spot, no matter what they're doing. Like for me, for instance, like if I'm focusing on something, let's say I'm working on something on my computer or something like that, I, I will not even hear the words that people are talking to me, right? So if you try to talk to me during that time, it's like I just hear noise. I don't even hear what anyone is saying. But if you tell me I need to sit with you and to talk to you about something, then I'll make time and I'll, and I'll listen. So be sure that the person you're speaking to is listening, right? And be sure you've chosen a good time to speak to them. Be sure that the person is not too angry or distracted, right? So you can ask them, can you listen to me now? Like, is now a good time? And if the answer is no, ask them when will be a good time. Also, we should be positive. While it is often necessary to address problems between family members or to deal with negative situations, effective communication is primarily positive. Meaning, if the majority of the time that I find myself talking to my other family members is because there's a problem that we're trying to fix or because I'm telling them that I'm upset 
or something like that, then there's something wrong, right? Because we should be talking to each other the majority of the time about positive things, about good things, about being thankful and appreciative of the things that the other person has done, about sharing positive things that have happened. You know, sometimes what happens is like a spouse will come home from work, they're upset about what's happened at work, and they start complaining to their spouse about everything that's happened at work, which is okay. But if that's the only type of communication they have, where now the, you know, let's say the, hus the husband, let's say, or the, the wife who's at home, when they come, when the other spouse comes home and they start complaining, right? If they know that when they, that person comes home, all they're going to hear is complaining, 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 then over time they might want to avoid those conversations, right? But if it's balanced, if there's both a positive and there's a negative, right? The positive should always be more, right? Otherwise, if, if the majority of my communication is negative, then people want to avoid us, right? They'll say, the only thing that I say is negative things. The only thing that I talk about is complaints and gossip and, and, and I wish things were different and, and I'm, I feel sorry for myself and I constantly, all the time. That's not positive communication that people are going to hear all the time, right? Because maybe other people will find that I bring them down. But but if there's also positive communication, if I can also speak about good things that have happened to me, then it'll be easier for other people to listen to me. Couples who are very dissatisfied with their relationships typically engage in more negative interactions than positive because they find themselves arguing a lot and there is less positive interactions between them. It is very important for family members to verbally compliment and encourage one another. And maybe at the beginning of a relationship, it's easy to encourage and it's easy to compliment each other. But after years and years of marriage, um, it becomes harder to compliment, right? Especially when you find things that's bothering you about the other person and maybe those things frustrate you and you are less encouraged to say positive things and you are more likely to say negative things, right? But that can have like a downward spiral effect on the relationship. If all we're observing is negative things about our spouse and complaining about them, then number one, we won't be thankful for, for them. We'll be, just be focusing on the bad qualities about their personality and what they've done instead of thinking about the positive. And when I give criticism, I'm more likely to receive criticism as well. Whereas if I'm giving positive comments, I'm more likely to receive positive comments, which then builds a positive cycle rather than uh, a negative cycle. Whenever you need to have a serious discussion with anyone, it's always advisable to begin with something positive. So we talk about the St. Paul sandwich, you know, in the epistles of St. Paul. He always starts by speaking about something positive to the church that he's writing to. And then he speaks about, like, the problem. And then he concludes with something positive so that the people remember a positive thing. If, if we only speak in terms of negatives, then people will tune us out be like you're constantly all you see is negative you don't see anything positive but if we say both positive and negative we'll, people will take our communication more seriously you must be sincere and not use artificial praise as a form of manipulation meaning sometimes we flatter but just to get what we want we we say things that will influence the other person so we can make requests of them then then they will comply with this is this is a type of deception right we shouldn't do that people automatically become defensive uh, when they hear something beginning with negatives, such as criticism or complaints. So, again, when we start communication, we should um, speak positively as much as we can. This is a good stopping point for today. Does anyone have any comments or questions before we conclude? Okay, let's pray.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. We ask, O God, that you grant us the gift of speaking positively and communicating well with one another, just as you communicated well with us. We ask, O God, that you give us peace in our relationships and, and help us, O God, to uh, restore peace and, and love and joy in everything that we do and in our interactions with one another. Grant us, O Lord, to speak from our heart and to speak with uh, truth and in a direct and clear way. We ask, O God, for you to bless us and to strengthen the church through the prayers of St. Mary, Archangel Michael, St. Paul, St. Mark, and all your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us as they are daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The love of God the Father the grace of the only begotten Son, our Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ, the communion of the gift of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in peace. The peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen.